Welcome to the Mind Your OT Business podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. I am the owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a nature-based pediatric practice here in California, and the owner of Mind Your OT Business, where I offer this podcast for your business growth and development, as well as business coaching services for OT and nature-based entrepreneurs of all kinds. So... Today on the podcast, we have a very, very special guest because he is the first person I have brought on this podcast who is not an OT practitioner. So when I first started this podcast about a year and a few months ago, this is a, I'm recording this in June of 2020, and I started in March of 2019. When I first started, I made a very intentional decision that I was not going to have guests on the podcast who were not occupational therapy practitioners because I wanted to really have the focus of this podcast be celebrating OT entrepreneurship. And my hope is that this podcast becomes a resource for other professionals as well to learn from what we're doing in the field of occupational therapy in the area of entrepreneurship. So, what happened though is that I interviewed a lot of practice owners. And in my interactions online in Facebook groups, I'm the moderator for the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group, which is a very large group at this point of almost 7,000 practitioners. In in that forum, I, I was noticing a lot of questions about finances, a lot of questions about laws and things around the legal aspects of a practice. And those are areas that as OT practitioners, we are not going to be experts in unless you were a lawyer or a financial advisor or an accountant before you became an OT, maybe. But that is like a minute 0.001% of us, probably. Most of us have areas of our businesses that we need to outsource and we need to get advice from other experts to help us run our businesses in a wise and thoughtful way. So... I decided that I was going to bring on an accountant. So I reached out on the Facebook group and asked for recommendations. And it was really awesome because one of the members of the group told me that her fiance is an accountant who specializes in helping OT and PT entrepreneurs with their finances and their business. So Moise Hermanton was kind enough to come on the podcast and I believe you are going to learn so much in this conversation and also enjoy it. He is such a big personality, so friendly, so fun to talk to. I think that you are going to learn a lot from him and yet also not be bored to tears as we talk about business finances. <laughs> so here is my conversation with Moise Hermanton, owner of Affluent Profit Advisors. Thank you, Moise. I want to welcome you and have you introduce yourself to everyone that is listening in today. Uh, yes, my name is Moise Hermanton. I am the founder of Affluent Profit Advisors. And what we do, we help small business owners, especially PTs and OTs, use bookkeeping and accounting methods to maximize what? Their profits. <laughs> yes. So. And that is why... You're here today to help us Absolutely. make money. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. I spent right. 10 years in the field of accounting, nine to 10 years in the field of accounting. I have a master's in business and MBA, and I specialize mm -hmm. in accounting, and I am getting ready for my CPA exams. 
Oh, wow. So your niche is really helping OTs and PT entrepreneurs with their bookkeeping, accounting, finances, all that financial stuff in our business that none of us are, I would say majority of us. I shouldn't say none. Who knows? There might be an accountant who became an OT later. But but really, like it's not our area of expertise. And that's what I shared with you right before we started recording was that for the first year I did the podcast, I was very adamant that we do not. I have people email me all the time asking to come on the podcast. And I have turned down a lot of guests because I've said like, no, this is a podcast for OTs. Like I'm not going to have any guests that are not OTs on. And I have loved that. I've loved celebrating OT entrepreneurship because I think it's so inspiring to see what all these amazing creative therapists are doing in the world. And yet there, there aren't really, um, there aren't really people in our field that can be an expert in account accounting and finances, right? I love managing the finances in my business for the most part, but I think it's something that a lot of us don't like doing, don't know how to do, and can really use expert advice on, which is why you're here. Because I, I felt like maybe having an expert come talk about finances might be good. So um, shall we dive right in? Yeah, I would like questions? to talk to you about that part though. Okay. If I could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing, when I first, I did, I, I, I've done Affluent Profit Advisors for a year now. Mm-hmm. And uh, about two years ago, I, I did, I worked under a different company. Okay. Um, I had, I changed my name, but when I started turning to affluent profit advisors, I did a live saying that every business owner needs to have a team and a team mm-hmm. does not have to be somebody who does the same thing that you do. Right. For example, you're starting your business. I, I tell you so have an accountant or profit advisor, have your back office, yeah. a lawyer, um, a, a manager, yeah. someone who does operations, someone who knows HR. And and all these things, because at the end of the day, you as the business owner, you just want to focus on what you got to do. Yeah. You're, 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 we, what we call in accounting, is called a revenue. It's called a revenue division. So okay. your part is the revenue to bring in the revenue into the division part. And us accountants, we take care of all the costs. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need yeah. to take care of all the costs. Right. We got to have revenue though, right? To take care of the costs, right? Exactly. So, so that's, and that's the thing. It's interesting you say that. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, I, I believe I've told this story before, but I'm not sure if I've told it on the podcast. So when I first started my business, I had a friend that was a lawyer and she worked in like a corporate, I don't really exactly know. She works in like a corporate law setting where they work with corporations, right? So I was like, can you talk to me and just tell me what I should do? You know, because I was nervous. I was like following all the checklists and making sure. And the the first thing she said when we sat down was, do not under any circumstances, try to do your own books. You need to have someone as your bookkeeper who is, okay, Moise is like raising his fist to the sky right now and like a fist pump saying like, yes, yes, yes. Because... (laughs) that was the first thing she said to me. And I, I really took that. That was the first person I hired was a bookkeeper. Um, and I am so thankful because I feel like it really helped me in the early stages of my business to have those reviews with her. I used, I reviewed with her monthly and I think we moved to quarterly and she would just send me reports. But, um, but really I agree with you that you, to, to try to manage your, your books can get very confusing and messed up if you're, if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and it's, when running a business, I 
I feel like, I mean, you should tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's a little more complicated than just like money in, money out, like balancing a checkbook. It's, you, you need to know, like you need to budget your money. You need to have a way to know about what cash flow is coming, like all of that. So anyway, I'm sure we'll oh, get into some of these questions. Girl, let me but... get you started, okay? Let, let's get started yeah. over here. Okay? Let's get started on this. <laughs> let's get started on that. You just talked to me. Wow, you just brought a whole enchilada over there, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about so, such a big enchilada. It is huge. Yeah. I mean, it is huge. So, And we're not going to solve every... Let's just be clear with the listeners. We're not going to solve all of your financial questions in this one-hour episode. But okay, go on, Moise, go on. <laughs> yes, um, first, she was absolutely right. The last thing you want to do as somebody... And that's why I say you got to focus on your re- bringing in your revenue, taking care of your clients, mm-hmm. taking care of your patients. It's hard enough taking care of your patients as is right okay? and then now you have to deal with okay you have to keep track of your cost and then you have to keep track of how much did i make like you're gonna say right. okay i made this much in your bank and then i'm spending this much in my credit card or my cash but then now you have to classify what is this because irs is going to want to know how much did you spend on this what is this how much you're paying on this right and then the reason why i call myself a profit advisor because i fall i like to call the profit first method um, which, which, um, is my favorite. <laughs> <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Go Mike. Anyways. So Mike McCallis has this thing called profit first and profit first is for just something for layman's term. And we maybe could go into that later on during the podcast, but basically it's you allocate how much you're keeping in your profits or how much you're keeping your business profit before you do anything else. So how yeah. much you allocate in your company and things of that nature, you you want to allocate that, but you need somebody to, to handle these things. My, yeah. uh, can I give you can I give you a story? Can I show you a story? Oh yeah, please tell a story. People love stories. Yeah. I love stories. <laughs> yeah. My, my niece, for example, my niece, she has a plant company. Okay. And she used to be on top of her finances every single week. She put in things and she did she did all that. So she mm-hmm. she was looking at her banks and she was doing all these on top of her books. Yeah. One of the issues that she had was come towards the end of the the end of the period, she couldn't reconcile. She didn't have time to reconcile her bank statements. Yeah. She didn't have time to reconcile or understand what is going on with trends. There are yeah. things you have to know with trends. There are things you have to know with classification. There are things you have to know. What am I going to, how much am I spending on this area? How much am I going to pay myself? How right. much am I going to allocate towards my employees? Right. Budget. These are things that's like, now I know your listeners right now is like, what? This guy, he's, he, he just went from talking English to just a foreign language. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's get in. Let's get into some of the questions. I mean, I think that that'll we'll we'll circle back to a lot of these topics because I think the questions that people gave me online are actually we're we're touching on a lot of them. And I think if we go through like the way I had kind of wanted us to to start kind of diving into these topics was to talk about how you get set up, like what are good setup, how do you get organized? How do you ongoing manage your finances? And then like a few things about taxes. Now I know that I know that that is not going to apply to people outside of the US and we have international listeners because we live in a age where podcasts are international. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on taxes, but that was like a question a lot of people had, which might be a whole other episode. Have you back on for part two for US listeners about taxes. But anyway, um, but basically let's let's start from the very beginning and 
what do people really need to get started as a business owner? First, you're going to get your bookkeeper, right? But what do you need for organizing, staying organized with your finances in your business? Okay. I love that. And I talk about this all the time. When you first start off with your business, or if you're thinking about starting off with your business, first need was called capital. Capital is money invested. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are two ways you can get money invested. You can, you can get the money off of the money that you saved. You know, right. you store up money for yourself. You, you use that or you get ownership. That means that you have a group of people who's going to, who's going to take ownership of your company. If you guys watch Shark Tank, that's right. what they do a lot. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, and they say, we're going to trade this for equity or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, and all that equity means just ownership, you know? Yeah. So I trade in, this is how much I have in my company bank account. And that's how much I own it. Or you could do something which I do not suggest doing. But if you think that you could really make up that money is to get what's called a capital loan. So yeah. where you have a bank or, or, or lending company gives you some cash. Right. And that is where you, that you borrow the money to start mm-hmm. off your business. I think a lot of people that listen, and I, I may be wrong, but my guess is that a lot of people that listen to this podcast in particular are starting, at least if they've listened to me, they've started without having to take a big loan because I often recommend just starting slow, you know, seeing a client privately, building your referral network, and then slowly building from there. Um, and that's not to say that other people are not building way huger businesses than I have. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but basically, I think like, I think what I'm thinking is like, what, what would you on the other end of that? So maybe someone who doesn't need that like huge capital right away. What about that person who might just be seeing one or two private kids and suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting enough kids that I could actually do this as a business. Like, how should they organize their finances? I mean, I know like business bank account, first things first, right? They have to have a business bank account. Don't intermingle your personal and business finances, right? But then what, how, how often should they look at it? Are there platforms they should use to organize it? Like, I don't know. I just feel like people get really overwhelmed at the very beginning with, with, everything. And then they just throw up their hands and don't look at it at all. (laughs) You know? Well, two things. If you're right next to me right now, I just want to give you a high five. Let's do it. Let's (laughs) do a high five right here. Virtual high five. There we go. Virtual (laughs) high five. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Sorry. I like to be fun. I like to make things very fun and exciting. So here's the thing. Um, yes, you never, ever, ever. The last thing I, I, even though I mentioned starting off with the loan, as a capital, that's right. the last thing I ever suggest anyone to do. Right, exactly. You that's said just, that too. I heard you say it. <laughs> yeah, that is great. Like you have to be absolutely sure to, to get all that. Yeah. Now for somebody who's starting off and they say, hey, you know, I'm starting off, I have one or two clients and they just know that they're starting to uptick and just yep. take off. This is why I always suggest get yourself a team. You know, yeah. always like having a team would, would, would help. And the reason why I say you get yourself a team first is because you make sure that it may not be a big team. It's just somebody who knows something. Yeah. Get them. You know, yeah. it could be, a you know, somebody who's graduating college, you know, or somebody who's um, like you Google search like accounting or bookkeeping or something right. like that. And then there's, guess what? I'm part of what's called um, an accounting group on Facebook, you know, uh-huh. and I've seen people say, hey need help with accountants? Does anyone know who knows accounts or bookkeepers? 
you know, need and and you interview them. Right. You know, take that right. time to interview whoever that you're doing. I'm trying to look for a bookkeeper myself, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm trying to look you for don't a want bookkeeper. to do your own. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting. So I, I'm hearing you say loud and clear that people need a bookkeeper. And I totally agree with that. And my my story is actually that I didn't really um my first bookkeeper really liked to keep her hands on things tightly. And um, when I grew my team, she did not appreciate that I was asking someone that I was paying less money at the time to do part of the bookkeeping, like the categorizing in QuickBooks. So my bookkeeper mm-hmm. got very upset. And, and to me, like, that's like, you want someone as your bookkeeper who has the financial health of your business in mind. And if there is something like categorizing stuff in QuickBooks that I didn't have time as the business owner to do anymore, and I was off offloading that to someone else rather than to the bookkeeper who I was paying a lot of money per hour, right? Um, she just was very upset about it and did not did not act kindly to my team of people. And so I ended up switching bookkeepers. And I think what you say about interviewing a bookkeeper is very important because you want to feel like that person works well with you and is going to work well with your team. Um, but the question I would have is like my first bookkeeper used QuickBooks online. And honestly, I, she, she sat with me and went through it, but I honestly never understood it. Never understood it. And I'm wondering, like someone asked that question, like, do we need QuickBooks online or is there a way, are there other are there other systems that bookkeepers use that might be easier for an OT entrepreneur to understand? Okay. Um, I'm going to say something that's a little counterintuitive to what a lot of my accounting accountant counterparts would say. Okay. I loathe and despise QuickBooks online. Now these are strong (laughs) words. I don't say hate. I loathe and despise because here's why as a profit advisor, I was doing this. Um, my fiance, she's an OT. Uh-huh. And she's the one who introduced you to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm working with, I actually did her QuickBooks Online. I ordered her a QuickBooks Online system. Okay. And the thing, here's the thing with QuickBooks Online. These online programs, they put you on a subscription. And yeah. you have to pay the subscription on a monthly basis. Now, here's some free profit advising over here too. <laughs> what would you prefer? An ongoing subscription? Or just purchasing a license that you own for yourself that you can give to distribute to three or four people and you could probably extend the licenses, but you have it for like a couple hundred dollars, two, three hundred dollars. Yeah. You spend three hundred dollars up front and you have it and it's yours. In- instead, you have these sorry, there's cars in the background. I hope oh, you guys I can't hear. I can't hear. Right. No, it's fine. It's fine. So, so instead you have this ongoing monthly subscription, you're paying a hundred. And let me tell you something, the lower QuickBook online products, they are the worst. I, 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 I say it's so bad. Like I envision myself taking it into a ball of paper and just throwing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen the movie Office Space at the yeah, end yeah, where yeah. there's this, like bashing? That's what I want to do to a lot of those weak, those lower QuickBooks online. So what right. they do though, so they make you choose the, what's called the plus, the QuickBooks plus yeah. and then the QuickBooks online premium. Yeah. It's a force. They force you to get that. Yeah. You have the maximum ways of accounting. That is robbery right yeah. there. Okay. So I suggest that, and a lot of companies do this. So a lot of companies do this. They purchase the, the licenses for themselves. Yeah. And then they work according to the licenses. 
a lot of accountants who are out there freelancing or whatever, they don't like that because they like to have the ease of doing things online and just getting it done online. And they use QuickBooks Accountant. And the thing with QuickBooks Accountant is QuickBooks Accountant, um, they don't pay you the client, you the client has to have to pay for your subscription, right? But they're not paying for it, but they're still getting the work out of it. Oh, that's that's why okay. affluent profit advisors exist. Okay. We don't do that to y'all. <laughs> okay. So what do you use? What is your system with with your clients? Like if you're not using QuickBooks, what's the system you're using? Oh, I do use QuickBooks. I use QuickBooks. I use QuickBooks Pro. Okay. I have a client who who, who I have her use QuickBooks Pro. I have um I have QuickBooks um Pro for myself. Okay, but you give the license to the people that you're working with. They're not using the online platform. No, no. Um, my one of my clients, she has her own. You know, she okay. has her own because she she uh, she got it for, from her before I came in. Okay, okay. So she purchased it on her own. What I do, my fiance and I, we um we share our QuickBooks Pro because QuickBooks Pro, okay. you can put three or four different companies on there. Okay, so your accountant can put your company in there you know, in, in there. And you just allow your accountant to do a lot of the work. You just provide them what they need and they have to provide you with the reports. And then what you do there is get like a team viewer or they get a team viewer and team viewer allows you to remote access the computer to do the, to do the accounting work on the software. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And why, so the, the, um, so you would not, your, your loathing and hatred of QuickBooks Online is not a loathing and hatred of QuickBooks in general. It's just the no, online platform. Just the online version. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, I think my question from there is it sounds like you are recommending that most OT entrepreneurs should actually have someone else do their bookkeeping using QuickBooks, but maybe not QuickBooks Online. <laughs> but, but as far as understanding the reports, what reports? should OT entrepreneurs be able to understand in their business? Maybe not all of them. Give us like the top three. If you, if there's more than three, I don't know. Just give us the there's top There's more three. than three, but I'm so glad yeah. you mentioned it. I'm yeah. so glad. Um, I like to think maybe five reports. Okay. okay. First, you want to know your revenue. You want to understand like your revenue statement. All right. Yeah. Affluent profit advisors exist because maybe not a lot of accountants do this, but I like to do it. And when I grow my team, my team was going to be doing this, educating guys on how to read your revenue. I need to know how to read the revenue statement. Number one, the cost, the check runs and the cost statements, anything that's related to costs and, and anything that you pay out and how the, and how it works in the, um, and how those things work. Then your profit and loss yeah. or your income statement, how much you made, how much you made versus how much you spent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your balance sheet, a balance sheet, sh- balance sheet, basically in, in layman's term, it shows Everything you have in your company versus how much of it that you actually own in equity and how much that you have in liability. So if I spent credit card, if I spend something in credit card, yeah, that's I, I like, let's say I purchase a new vehicle or I purchase uh, right. like an equipment for yeah. my patients, that equipment, I may purchase it with a credit card. Right. And it may not, it's still an asset. It's still something that I have and I could probably resell it or get rid of it. But it's an asset, but I, but I don't own it. It's an right. asset I use using credit. Right. Okay. So, you have, so I suggest a lot of OTs know how to understand that. Okay. What's the difference between, you said, you said understanding 
revenue, I mean, I think I understand revenue. That's like what comes in as a result of our business, right? But but how is that different than an income statement? Are those two different reports, I guess is what I'm saying? Yeah, because revenue is, you want to know, like like something related to revenue is only a revenue itself. It's only going to show you how how much you make in sales, um, who paid you the most. It shows you a list of your clients. It shows you a list of your clients. It does a full breakdown of how much you're making in your revenue. Okay. And it shows how much is allocated into that. Like, let's say you made 10,000. Okay, I must I must speak goodness to all you entrepreneurs, right. <laughs> OT entrepreneurs. Okay, I must speak something good. Let's right. say in that month you made fifty thousand dollars that one month. Everyone who's listening, you're gonna make fifty thousand okay. dollars in one month. Okay, Moise, wait. I actually know an OT entrepreneur who in April made fifty thousand dollars a month on her online course. So you are you are like, I, I we can all be like her, guys. Okay, so go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you made fifty thousand dollars in a month. Now, now, not all of it comes from the same source, right? Sometimes yes, you have somebody you're who this pays. OT, but yes, yeah, you. Yeah, sometimes like a total. You, yeah. yeah, sometimes you pay ten. Someone pays you ten thousand dollars. Sometimes someone yeah. pays you fifteen, and you know all that. So the revenue statement shows who paid you and how it was paid. And then okay. sometimes, if you do like, if you get paid through a certain, like a certain form, right. It comes with fees. So you have to know how much those things cost you in yeah. fees. Yeah. You know, so your revenue statement is going to show you that. So one of the questions a lot of people had online was when, like when billing insurance, right? A lot of times you're not being paid until way long after the services have been provided. And what, what advice do you have for OT entrepreneurs to kind of manage that process. How do you plan when you don't really know when you're going to be paid? I have a guess. I, I'm guessing what you might say, but go on. Oh <laughs> Answer. My. Uh, oh my goodness. That's why you start off with capital. That's why you have capital. Okay. Um, you have to know, number one, the policy of the insurance companies that you're dealing with. Okay. Like, how, understand how does that that right there brings you to budget. I yep. think I covered budget as one of the one of the forms that you need to know. Oh, I don't know um, if you did because I love the word budget and I don't remember yeah. it. So, okay. <laughs> budget yep. and revenue. Yeah, budget yep. and revenue. And your revenue covers things like that. Like I made this much, this is how much I'm going to get paid it in full. So it's all about understanding the budget and the revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't know how much, like that's like, you have to know first and foremost, the plan and the and what the insurance companies will do. I used to work at a law firm, mm-hmm. and in a law firm, guess what? We build insurance companies. Okay. Yeah. We defended. Yeah. The the evil empire. I always used to say I work for the evil empire. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard. It's hard, right? Because we want as OTs. I think we want people to be able to use their insurance. I, I don't take insurance in my practice because I'm I'm a cash pay practice, and we scholarship kids if they can't afford to pay. That's kind of our policy. Um, mm-hmm. But realistically, I, a lot of what insurance is reimbursing, and especially what Medicaid is reimbursing in my area, I can't even pay a, a brand new graduate therapist. You know, so. Um, I don't, I don't bill insurance for that reason, but I know that, I know that a lot of OTs, like their heart is really to serve people and allow people to use their insurance. And so I think a lot of people are 
you know, taking insurance, but maybe not even meeting costs with what they're getting back in insurance. That's my guess. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent positive, but is there, is there a way to, is there some sort of way that bookkeepers can help you anticipate that or like manage like what has been billed versus what has actually come in? Or is that more like a manage a, a manager in your practice who would be managing billing for you? Well, this is why I always say you, this is why I always say start with the team. Cause like a lawyer could be like the fine print of what your, ins- what like the insurance rules and the sure insurance things that comes yeah. along with it, you know, because that's something you have to know if you're going to accept an insurance, you have to know what is like, what are the terms, you know, right. what do, how much am I, if I, if I do, um, a thousand dollars worth of services, right. How much am I going to get back? And then, you know, and then you're going to say, okay, do I do a copay, you know, or do I do a co-insurance and all yeah. these, all these things. And, and then, so the customer pays you a fraction and then the other fraction goes into, into the insurance. Yeah. So and you're waiting for thing, it to come back. Yeah. So best thing is, is to find out what the insurance company will allow for for your customer to pay upfront and then whatever else that you could do okay. is to make sure that you have that coming in or. Okay. Or you do something, I and I'm reluctant to say this, but I do it at work at my job. We have that at my job. Um, or you do a what's called a lending company, like a like a credit company or a bank company, or, yeah. or like what's called. basically what they do is that they you give them your your receivables, right? And and basically they pay you what you're going to get. This is called receivable. Receivable means money you're going to get back in the future. Yeah. So it's like the money that you have billed to insurance. You've said, I Mm -hmm. provided these services. Mm -hmm. So that money, let's say you build, you build a thousand dollars for services. Mm -hmm. That money is counted as receivables. Like it's money that you're going to be getting, but you haven't gotten it yet. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That means receive able. I'm yeah. able to receive. Right, right, right. Okay, good, good, good. I like so it. I'm able to receive a thousand dollars. I am available because... and able to receive. If anyone's listening, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go, on, go on. But here's the problem, though. But okay. here's the problem. Sometimes insurance companies they charge all these fees and all these sure. things like that. So you are unable <laughs> to get yeah. that receivable. Yeah. Yeah, and they and your one thousand dollars could be dropped down to eight hundred or seven hundred dollars. Yeah, that's why it's yeah, always yeah. good to read that fine print. And the best way to do it is to have somebody who knows these things. And I say get a lawyer because lawyers know how to read these fine prints and they yeah. know how to read those things very well. Yeah. You know? So, so I think that's interesting to me that a lawyer would help with that because I wouldn't think of a lawyer helping you look at an insurance contract. But that makes sense to make sure before you go in, it might be worth it to pay the lawyer up front before you get into an insurance contract for years on end, because often they can be hard to get out of. Like once you're in network, you can't be like, you know, I'm just not, I'm out of network now. And then there's all this confusion because you're still in their system as an in-network provider and all that. So I like that idea of paying a lawyer up front to help you avoid losing profit later or like a bad financial decision in your business. Um, but I want to circle back to like managing the the uneven flow of money. So like you have to know what, I guess if you're billing insurance and this is all like 
beyond my brain. So I'm totally, maybe this will be good because I'm coming at this as a newbie because I don't do this in my business. Ours is very straightforward. It's like what we get is what we serve, you know? But, um, but if, you know, if you're billing insurance, that means you need to be keeping track of what has been billed out and what has been actually received. And yes. it adds a layer of complexity in your business because my understanding is that a bookkeeper is not the person who's following up on those. You need a billing person in your business who's following up on those, right? Ooh. Is that right? right? Wow. Yo, man, if, if there's a arrow that you just hit that bullseye, man, <laughs> if you're throwing darts, you hit a bullseye. What it is, yes. Now you're looking at a deeper, complex level of accounting. Yeah. So now, not only do you need a bookkeeper to, to, to get everything all wrapped up, what you paid for and what's, and what's coming in, now you need to know somebody who does specifics, uh, somebody who knows billing. Yeah. Now, this is the part where a, bill, a biller will have to know the rule because sometimes he, there are like codes yeah. that you do. Yeah. And unless it's related to you guys. You guys are working on a on on doing any an eval, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. Now let's say you have a client who has something wrong with like a pinky, right? Okay. All right. And they're it's pinky, a certain code. Yeah. 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 There's a certain code for like a pinky or something with the hand, right? Yeah. And you have to be specific on how on what you do on how you document what you do with that because the insurance company will say because the insurance company was you could say okay i spent five minutes analysis five minutes on pinky finger right with patient right. or 30 minutes sorry sure, yeah, 30 yeah. minute analysis pinky finger with patient now if you have somebody who knows insurances and who knows how the insurance companies would do the person would come in and say, no, you're billing this wrong. We have to cut because the insurance company will only allow this much. This is how much is allowable for, for this. If you're saying analysis or you say, yeah, okay, okay, so you're, or you saying, be more specific. you're saying to not be unethical, no, you but you need right to code. know how to code correctly so that you can get reimbursed for what you have what you have done in a way that actually reimburses you what you provided. Yes. Like, like you have in to be a way very that, specific. You have to be very specific. That's true. Okay. But now we're on a total different topic than accounting. So let's go back. Um, so, okay. <laughs> but it's very so, important that you do because yeah. that's going to help you with reimbursement and that's, what's going to help reduce. Cause there's something else in, in accounting. Oh boy. I'm going to, I'm going to throw your, 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 your listeners heads around. There's something called, um, turnovers, right? Receivable turnover. Yeah. Receivable turnover is how much will I get back after I provided the service? Right. Okay? Right. So the longer your turnover is, that's where we encounter that problem. You know, that's where we're encountering, okay, yes. I'm not getting my $1,000 back. Yes. In, in, it's, in it's a cash months. flow problem. It's it's a huge cash flow problem. Yeah. So this is this is interesting because I really feel like OTs. I'm a huge believer, and especially with the coronavirus that we're going through right now. Like, I think we have all realized that we all need to have diverse revenue sources. Like to put all your eggs in one basket as far as revenue goes, it is not a wise thing to do as a business. And I think one of my like passions right now is helping OTs think think more like entrepreneurs, like how can you create um, models or frameworks that you could then create books or courses or 
you know, resources for therapists out of, because that way you're, you have diverse revenue streams rather than just your, a lot of times as OTs, we're focused on this one-on-one, you know, I provide a service for the client, they pay me for my hour. And, and thinking outside of that is so important because you really, it frees you up then to do the work of billing insurance if you want to provide insurance-based services, because you can have other revenue streams that kind of um, like even out the peaks and valleys. Right. But, um, so I wanted to ask you, because I think a lot of times this, this bit me in the butt actually with when I switched accountants, um, accrual versus cash accounting. So my, my, um, old bookkeeper used accrual accounting and she, when I switched bookkeepers, we parted ways and I was like, this is business and we're going to part ways. And, um, when we switched, she gave me all the reports and everything. And I had been going over them with her. So I thought I knew what was going on. Well, at the end of the year, when it comes to do taxes, right? I'm like, why does, I'm like, it, it says that I have $25,000 here, but I don't see $25,000 in the bank. So where's the $25,000, you know? And basically because she had been using accrual accounting, she had accounted for money because we do our services on a school year basis. So families Mm -hmm. sign up in September and they usually stay at least, I think at that point in time we were enrolling by semester. So they would stay at least for 12 weeks or they might pay us for the whole year and stay in for the whole year for our groups. Right. So all this money had been promised to us, but had not been (laughs) given to us. And I learned a really hard lesson about cash versus accrual accounting. So can you kind of quickly define those for everybody just in case so they know how they're doing accounting? All right. Okay. Cash accounting is, is simple. Money in, money out. Bada yeah. bing, bada boom. I get cash. That's it's in my hand. I like. <laughs> I get cash that's not in my hand. Boom. Okay. Accrual is cash that's either promised to me that's going to come in. Yeah. Receivable. Hey. I sent yeah. out that $1,000, 1000 I don't know, $50,000 and $1,000. That's the number of the day. By right, right, right. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yeah, so I'm getting all that money in, but I don't have it yet. Yeah. It's called a receivable, you know, and then you have what's called a payable, meaning that I'm getting billed from, you know, for, let's say I provided, I have some, like your employees, yeah. your employees, you know, you're not paying them now. You're not giving them the cash now but you owe them for like next week or something like that. Yeah. That's that, that owing is called a payable, you know, I'm able to pay or I have to be able to pay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I really love that you defined it that way because I think a lot of times I like how you try to break things down into understandable terms, because I think a lot of times these terms for OT entrepreneurs can be very like cost of goods sold. What does that mean? Accounts receivable. What does that mean? Like just the fact that you're saying able to receive will help us remember like, oh, that's money that's due to me that I am going to get. I am able to receive it. Accounts payable. Oh, that's money I have to be able to pay in the future. So I love that. So yes, guys, don't get bit in the butt by accrual accounting. Do you recommend one or the other, Moise, or does it depend on the business? It mainly depends on the business. Okay. It really does. If you're small, it depends. Actually, it depends on the size of your business. Okay. If you're very small, if you're very small, you don't have much going on, you use cash accounting because you're small. There's no yeah. need to do accrual. Accrual is, 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 you know, but if you're getting bigger, if you, if you, if you have loans, if you're taking yeah. out loans, if you 
if you have people that you're paying that you have to pay in the future for, yeah. if you have money that's promised to you, you yeah. have to use accrual. So would you, know? you say, would you say, this goes back to our bill, the billing conversation might've been relevant then, because would you say that if, if you're billing insurance, then you kind of need to use accrual accounting, right? Like Absolutely. You, okay. Okay. Because that helps you to plan. So that is a good tip, everyone. If you're going to bill insurance, you must be using accrual based accounting. Uh, accrual. accrual that's, that's a hard word to say. <laughs> and accru- accrual. You can say it's accrual. It's so cruel. It's accrual. It's so cruel. Yeah. <laughs> it's accrual. <laughs> but um, accrual is, means accrue. Okay. It means accrual yep. means to grow. Yeah. So it's going to grow. A crew yep. means it's going to grow. Or I have a crew of people, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are good ways to think yeah. about it. Yeah. So how often, just a couple more questions. So how often should we be reviewing our financials in our business? As the owner of a business, it might depend on size, but what would you say, how often should we be looking at our at our books and our reports? I mean, the reports are monthly usually, but yes. Monthly, 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 monthly. Yeah. Okay. And, and and if and and at most, the most you can go without is quarterly. And can I can I give you can I give your listeners something? Please yeah. don't cut this out. I know we call, sure. we're going a little bit long, but please don't cut this oh, out. No, I don't no, cut it out. Do not wait one year to give your accountant or bookkeeper work to do. Say I haven't yeah. done this in one year. Don't do that, guys. Okay. That <laughs> is the advice. Give it on a monthly basis. (laughs) Yeah, give it on a monthly basis or the moment you know that you're making money. This is why I say start off with the bookkeeper. Start off with somebody who does accounting because you don't want to wait one year because here's one thing. Accountants hate that and accounts are going to charge you so much more money. They're going to charge you a premium for it. Yeah, And because they're so crunched with time and they they have other clients that they have to work on too, it's possible. I'm not saying it will but it's possible that mistakes can be made because we're all human, you know? Sure. So, yeah. and you don't want to put that much pressure on somebody to get something done because they're right. going to charge you. Right. So starting out and just making sure that you are um, in, in constant communication with them. Is that, yes. is that something that like most bookkeepers do? I mean, I know when I first started, my bookkeeper met with me monthly, I want to say for a while. And then yes. we, we tapered down to a little less frequently, but is that common? I mean, that that's kind of like yeah. what bookkeepers accounts, do. Okay. Yeah. This is bookkeeper and accountants, bookkeeper, uh, bookkeepers and accounts. Uh, um, yeah. We're always, we're going to always talk to you and drive you crazy ad nauseum. Like <laughs> we are going to drive you crazy. What is this for? What is this for? So what is the best way? What way do you, I guess maybe different accountants could differ on this question, but like I use Evernote to keep track of all my receipts. So I take photos and they're all in Evernote. They're all tagged with 2020 receipt for this, but I run two businesses. So, um, so at any point in time, I can go in Evernote and I can pull up all those receipts, right? What, what do you recommend? Are there apps or things that make it easier for people? Cause I think that, I think the trouble that OT entrepreneurs have is they're managing, it's like what you said at the beginning of our interview, they want to provide a really good service for a client and the financial stuff kind of goes to the back burner. So they just have their receipts in a pile or they're not organized or maybe they're missing a few. So are there apps or anything that can help us or does QuickBooks, ha- how do you do it with your clients? I don't know. Well, you can't use Sorry. QuickBooks with that. Like, Because they don't have a place to store receipts, right? 
there's something called Expensify that we use at my oh, yeah, job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, I've heard of that. Expensify. But, so you can snap photos and keep them in there. Exactly. But at okay. the end of the day, it's just best to go with what is compatible with your software and what is compatible with your pocket. All right. Good. So okay. that means look after your pocketbook. If you could afford it, then go with it. Okay. If you can't afford it, you know, then find another method of something that's cheaper that you can't yeah. afford, but make sure it's doing the work. And the, yeah. at the end of the day, what it has to do, it has to do, it has to do two, two or three things. It has to report what you have. Okay. It has to be report able. You have to be able to, re- you have to be able to put it into your software and make it easy to, okay. for it to be reported. And then it has to be clear and concise to explain what it is. So that way it's able to be categorized to the right, um, the right account. Right. Okay, because all my stuff, the way, and I'm wondering if I need to kind of think through systems in my own financial management then, because the way my stuff is right now, and I only share this because maybe it'll help other people too. Mm -hmm. And also I joke that I interview people on the podcast so I can get free advice too. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so um, the way I have it right now, I use an online system for bookkeeping. It's just cash-based. It directly ties to my account. So okay. everything's categorized there for my profit loss statement, my, my revenue statements, all those things. Um, but I, but I, the receipts aren't linked to that. Like I basically store my receipts in a separate thing for like, if I'm ever audited, they're there. But are you, are you saying that we should have our receipts connected or is it okay to keep them in a, as long as you know where they are and you know, your records are complete, you can have them in case of an audit. Yes. Um, it's always you? good to have a physical file to have to, to know where all your things are. It's always good to have it. You, it's, I like, and I like having a both physical and electronic because okay. physical, anything can happen. I live in Florida, you know, yep. so hur- hurricanes yep. come and you could lose everything, you know? Yep. So that's why it's good to have things electronic. Um, physical, you, you have it there because you could always easily pull it up whenever you need it. Right. Um, so I like having a hybrid of both. I don't keep um, anything paper anymore. I, I put everything in Evernote and I throw away the paper because I just... Or have it in your bank. Your bank your bank could always pull it up. Your bank, oh, that's whatever. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and your banks could always pull it up. And that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah, there's ways to double check things, I guess, that, that yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, and your bank could always pull it up and your bank will always have the receipt stuff in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so last question is, are there any... Are there any tips, like easy things that OT entrepreneurs can do to have less stress at tax time? Because I feel like I I feel like I have pretty good systems in place, but man, when it comes to tax time, I just feel like where are all the documents? What do I need? Like it just feels so overwhelming, and I'm sure a lot of other business owners feel this too. That's why it's always good to be close to an account. Yeah, always have a relationship with an account. And always get on your accountant's case, not your bookkeeper, but the accountant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always get on their cases, you know, because accountants know how to, what they do is called compilation services and compilations okay. need, they compile and put things together so that you're able to report your finances. Yeah. So, okay. So always be close to the accountant because the accountant can, can lead you and to guide you and to usher you to things to what to do. Yeah. You guys having a good accountant, profit advisor, profit advisor, <laughs> but, <laughs> No, no plug going on here or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but always having a good accountant 
um, who's willing to work with you and to treat you the way you should, a profit advisor who's able to help you with these things and having a relationship with them that they can always advise you and to help you to do what they do. That's what you, we need. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need that because at the end of the day, you got to focus on your business. You got to focus on your clients. You got to focus on making that money. You got to focus on how you're going to structure your, your company and how you're going to grow and make your services pop and your marketing. You don't need any of that other stuff because right. all that other stuff is like, you need to understand and to know, and we want you, Affluent Profit Advisors want you to understand and know, I think you're great. You, you'd be my ideal client. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, like we want you to just be able to have that peace of mind. Yeah. So be close to your account, guys. That, be close I mean, to your that's, that is good advice because I do feel like in some ways, I maybe just haven't had very good experiences with accountants. Maybe that's my problem. Like, I just feel like I'm on my own a lot, kind of trying to figure out what, you know, what to do. And um, it's the, this interview has very much reminded me. And it's, it's funny because I think the last, what, what month are we in? Okay. We're in June right now. The two, two episodes ago, I had Tamiko Faison on and she said the same thing that you said at the very beginning, like you need to have a team of people when you're running a business. And it's, it's just going back to that idea of funny. I came into this interview thinking like, okay, I just need to learn about finances and then I'll be okay to go. And really what I'm learning is like, that's just not, that's not your area of expertise as an OT, right? Like, even if I got all the great systems in the world in place, like really I need the person on my team whose job it is to serve my business in helping me make profit and make sure that we are having good cash flow and that all the accounts payable will be able to be paid <laughs> and that our accounts receivable will be received. Um, so yeah, that's, that's good advice, I think. Um, yeah. What else? Listen. Oh, go ahead. You're in this business for yourself, but you're not in your business by yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. Good thing to remember. I wanted to ask you where people can find you online to get in touch with you if they want to follow you. I know you're on Instagram, right? Or yes. where else can they find you? I'm on Instagram at Affluent Profit Advisors. I'm on Facebook, Affluent Profit Advisors. You know, okay, those are the best places. Those are those are the best places. I had a web. I had a website right now. I'm I'm de de working to develop and, and bring out my re website of mm -hmm. Affluent Profit Advisors. I could also be reached at um, emailed um, at affluentprofitadvisors at gmail dot com. Okay. You know? And yeah, so I'm on social media. I'm um, I'm also on LinkedIn. People could okay. look me up on LinkedIn. Moise Hermanton. Okay. And um, I'll, I'm also there too. So I have a presence there, and so. And it's M as in. It's like noise. It's like noise, but with an M. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to say M as in man or Matt or something to try to exactly. tell people it's Moise, M-O-I-S-E. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so, so much for doing this. This was such a fun conversation and I hope people really learned some things about financial terms and accounting and they now know that they need to get help. You are never going to be an accountant OTs. So <laughs> it's impossible. It's really hard. Yeah. And the thing is, Laura, um, the thing is, is I like to make it fun. Like I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I like to make it fun, exciting because accounting could be really boring. Yeah. You know, totally. If, if, yep. if you go into look at my lives, 
and I know PTs and OTs, if you go to Facebook and you see my earlier lives, my earlier lives, I was doing like, like 15 minutes of how to do a statement or a thing. Right, and, right. and, and it, these things would be like boring. It'd be like snoozers, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so now you're doing like shorter things to like, just educate people. Is that what you yeah. learned in the process? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, keep it short. Actually, I had a, uh, yeah, I had my fiance, OT genius. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, that's so cool. Well, we never really told people either. This is maybe how we can end. So the, the cool thing was I, I put a shout out on, on social media in the OT entrepreneurs group that I moderate and, and said, does anyone know anyone who could, who would a lawyer or an accountant, because I want to interview a lawyer too, at some point about business stuff, but, um, who could, who'd be willing to come on the podcast. And then your fiance private messaged me and said, Hey, so my fiance it's market and he's doing this now. So it's really cool that um, you were willing to come on and just share your personality. I mean, it's just so your personality, honestly, I, I think it would be much more fun to work with you than <laughs> many of the accountants I've worked with. So I think it exists just because of that. <laughs> Affluent profit advice exists because of accountants who are out there. There are a lot of accountants out there. They're like they don't want to deal too much in going into with the client. They don't want to have yeah. so much relationship. Yeah. I've seen it with bookkeepers too. Bookkeepers, they don't want too much relationship. Like they just go in, do the reports and then they're done. And then at the end of the day, you have business owners who are like, well, I let my bookkeeper, I let my accountant do this. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it drives me crazy. So I exist because of that. So if people can know yeah. the importance of what we do, and also have a relationship with with the business, with your books. Yeah. Have a relationship. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, too. I'm telling exactly. You should you should target that in your marketing. That that should be your. I'm I'm totally going into business brain here. But honestly, like people do not like that. Like doing their finances is boring. And if you talk about like the relationship and it being fun, like people will want to work with you. Seriously. I mean, you also have to be good at what you do, of course. But like, you know, like. It, like, I think that that's, that's your unique service proposition to your market, that you are going to let people have fun while they manage their finances and be in relationship with them. I love it. Love it. Love it. And speaking so. of relationship, it's my, it's my, it's my, because of my relationship while we're having this conversation and my yeah. relationship that's enriching both of your people. So yeah. the thing is, when it comes to that, make sure that you have a partner too, not just a business partner, but a a partner, like a close friend, a spouse, a yeah. significant other, who's going to help you in this journey. You yeah. Know? Who supports you, know? you. Yeah. I think that's really important. I talk a lot about having like business best friends, like friends mm -hmm. that I talk with about our businesses. Like that's just, it's a huge part of my life and I love it. That's great. Exactly. Advice. And make sure you have that person who's able to listen to all your business stuff and ideas yep. because, and, and it has to be somebody who you're close to like really close to and who's willing to use resources to help out because yeah. if you don't have that, then that's the, that's, that's just, you just, you're just gonna, it's just going to be extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I love that you're ending on the note of relationship because that is what all OTs are all about is like human connection. And I think it's great. So thank you so much for your time. I just appreciate you being here and coming on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you, Laura. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but isn't Moyes like the most energetic, friendly, fun bookkeeping accounting person you've ever 
met. I mean, <laughs> he just has such personality and he was so fun to talk to. I like how he tried to keep the conversation really fun, even though we were talking about the oftentimes boring topic of finances. I hope you all learned something to take away and apply in your business today. For me, the main action step that I have that I want that I really want to take action on is to press my bookkeeper and my accountant a little bit more to explain things to me. I think a lot of times I tend to not ask questions because I'm worried that I should know the things <laughs> that, that I would be asking the question about. And I was really empowered by how many times Moyes responded to questions saying, you need a professional to do this in your business. You need a professional to help you manage the finances in your business. So for me, that is my takeaway. And I am just going to be much more intentional in my monthly meetings with my bookkeeper and in my quarterly-ish meetings with my accountant to say, what about this? And what does this mean? And asking them questions, specific questions, so that I can really grow in the understanding of my business finances. So take a small step from today's episode, you all, to manage your finances better in your business. Because small steps managing your finances will help you make great gains in profit over time. So until next time, mind your OT business. Mm -hmm.